Are you there, Eli? Yeah. Okay, now I hear something. <clears throat> it's very faint, but I hear it. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, I uh, had to p- pause that, folks. Uh, Dan can't hear the music, so uh, settings are screwed up. Uh, give me some sound, Dan. I want to make sure. Um, okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're you're coming through just fine. Uh, okay. But, but the music wasn't crossing over to you, so people... Yeah, I didn't hear anything. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's good sometimes. <laughs> 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 All right. So anyway, uh, today we're going to continue uh, with our study of the book of numbers but uh i think we got through the first uh, chapter or so uh but we don't have i wasn't able to process last week's show so i'm not sure exactly where we stopped but uh it occurred to me we ought to do a a uh an overview of the book of numbers so that uh, you know find out what mainstream theologians uh say that this book is about okay so i just posted the link from gotquestions.org book of numbers.html okay so we're gonna go go through this and see what mainstream theologians think of the book of numbers so i'll turn it over to you dan okay here we go um the book of numbers was written between 1440 and 1400 bc the message of the book of numbers is universal and timeless it reminds believers of the spiritual warfare in which they are engaged for numbers is the book of the service and walk of god's people The book of Numbers essentially bridges the gap between the Israelites receiving the law in Exodus and Leviticus and preparing them to enter the promised land. Deuteronomy and Joshua. I'm so glad he didn't say the Jews. (laughs) 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 Right. Okay. Back to you. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, The key verses uh, we will start off. uh, We have Numbers chapter six, verses 24 through 26. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yahweh turn his face toward you and give you peace. Yes. Numbers chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. When a prophet of Yahweh is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of Yahweh. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And we have Numbers chapter 14, verses 30 through 34. Not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But you, your bodies will fall in this desert. Mm. Your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lies in the desert. For 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explored the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. Now, this is interesting because at the judgment day, uh, we anticipate the vast majority of uh, white Anglo-Saxon Caucasian Israelites 
to not make it into the kingdom because they are not faithful. So here you know, we have oh, a very, very small number of the Israelites actually, in, in fact, the very only two of the actual two. generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Caleb and Joshua, the only ones of the original uh, tribes that uh, walked out of Egypt, left. Only two out of, what, two million. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, does this prove that Yahweh is very selective or not? Okay. It does. You got to yeah. measure up, folks. You got to measure up. Okay, back it's to you. It's not easy. Yeah, I, I, hope I, I hope yeah. I make it. <laughs> Yeah, at least you show up. <laughs> right? I don't always do such a good job, though, Eli. Uh, right, I'm, I'm... Yeah. Well, you've always had a good excuse when you don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue. So far, so okay. good. Yeah. <clears throat> Most of the events of the book of Numbers take place in the wilderness, primarily between the second and 40th years of wandering of the Israelites. The first 25 chapters of the book chronicle the experiences of the first generation of Israel in the wilderness, while the rest of the book describes the experiences of the second generation. The theme of obedience and rebellion, followed by repentance and blessing, runs through the entire book, as well as the entire Old Testament. The theme of the holiness of God is continued from the book of Leviticus into the book of Numbers which reveals God's instruction and preparation of his people to enter the promised land of Canaan. The importance of the book of Numbers is indicated by its being referred to in the New Testament many times. The Holy Spirit called special attention to Numbers in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1-12. through 12. The words, all these things happen to them for examples, refers to the sin of the Israelites and God's displeasure with them. Amen. In Romans chapter 11, verse 22, Paul speaks about the goodness and severity of God. That, in a nutshell, is the message of Numbers. The severity of God is seen in the death of the rebellious generation in the wilderness, those who never entered the promised land. The goodness of God is realized in the new generation. God protected, preserved, and provided for these people until they possessed the land. This reminds us of the justice and love of God, which are always in sovereign harmony. Well, again, we see the parallels in our own lifetime. Uh, we in Christian identity are that new generation. In fact, the last generation before the judgment day. Now, it's interesting here that, uh, and this relates to the calendar studies that, have, that I've done over the years. And uh, a lot of that is contained in my book, The Great Impersonation. And uh, it's been a while since I've actually advertised it. So if you want to uh, get a copy of The Great Impersonation, it's 333 pages of chronicling the uh, white Adamic people from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> and uh, it shows that we, we are a specific bloodline and only Christian identity is maintaining the bloodline slash covenant message of the Bible. All other denominations have utterly blasphemed against it, okay, and trying to universalize the message. That began with the Catholic Church, and the word Catholic means universal. So uh, there's only two there's only two possibilities, folks. 
either the covenant message is maintained throughout from Genesis to Revelation, or it is not. And if you pay attention, you find that it is maintained from Genesis to Revelation, and a covenant is a contract, and no one outside of the covenant people has anything to do with the contract. That's how all contracts work, okay? So, but the interesting thing here when I was doing the calendar studies, because there's all kinds of dispute as to when the calendar actually starts. Uh, we'll probably run across the verse uh, somewhere in the book of Numbers, but the <clears throat> Israelites did not start practicing the feast days until after they settled into the land of Canaan. They were not practicing the feast days while they were roaming around in the wilderness because they didn't have, you know, they didn't have a, a, a what do you call it, a, a steady place. They weren't able to do, you know, the law of Passover was given in Exodus and it's continued, I'm sure, in Numbers and Deuteronomy. But it was not practiced by the Israelites because they d- didn't have homesteads uh, which they could slaughter lambs and all that stuff, right? So the, the start of the calendar doesn't begin and, uh, you know, the... Uh, all, all the laws really did not take effect on a personal, local level until the Israelites were settled in Canaan land. Okay? So that's when the feast days began, and that's when Yahweh started counting whether or not we we're keeping the feast days. All right? It's explicitly stated in several places in uh, in the Old Testament. So I'll keep an eye out for those verses uh, so that people understand. That's that's what, what this is all about. Because as we just found out, the people who were roaming around in the wilderness were not worthy, <laughs> right, of uh, his care. Back to you. And I will say, I've got your book. I've had your book for a long time. So it's really good. I would recommend anybody to, to get that. It oh, yeah. uh, yeah, goes yeah. into detail about the the lineage and all that. So, <clears throat> yes, and you can uh, scroll to, to the bottom of the Eurofolk Radio page. There's information on how to obtain a copy of that. All right, back to you. Okay, um, I'll continue with the article here. God's demand for holiness in His people is completely and finally satisfied in Jesus Christ, who came to fulfill the law on our behalf. Matthew chapter five, verse seventeen. Uh, what, what did He come to do? Fulfill the law on fulfill our the, behalf. Yeah, and not get rid of it, not do away with it, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Fulfill, well, fulfill the law. Well, in, in fact, the law of sacrifice was fulfilled in the sense of done away with, but no other part of the law was done away with, okay? That and the blood rituals have all that, been done away with. That's correct, yeah. Okay, back to you. <clears throat> the concept of the promised Messiah pervades the book. The story in chapter 19 of the sacrifice of the red heifer without defect or blemish prefigures Christ, the Lamb of God without spot or blemish, who was sacrificed for our sins. Perfect in his DNA is what that means, folks. Perfect in his DNA. Back to you. Yep. The image of the bronze snake lifted up on the pole to provide physical healing. Chapter 21 also prefigures the lifting up of Christ either upon the cross or in the ministry of the word, that whoever looks to him by faith may have spiritual healing. Yeah, and as opposed to the uh, uh, the, the serpent god that was uh, on top of that cross you know, in the past, right? So uh, th- that uh, episode deserves a, you know, tr- a total analysis because that's been confusing to me and a lot of other people. So when we get to chapter 21, we'll definitely... 
uh, do an in-depth study of that episode. Okay, back to you. In chapter 24, Balaam's fourth oracle speaks of the star and the scepter who is to rise out of Jacob. Here is a prophecy of Christ who is called the morning star in Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, for his glory, brightness, and splendor, and for the light that comes by him. He may also be called a scepter, that is, a scepter bearer, because of his royalty. He not only has the name of a king, but has a kingdom and rules with a scepter of grace, mercy, and righteousness. Now, it's important to understand that this kingdom already exists. It already exists in us. We just have to be good citizens of the kingdom, right? And most Christians are not because, well, they think, for, for, for example, they believe that the Antichrist has not yet come. And they believe that uh, until the Antichrist comes, uh, the kingdom cannot come, right? Well, but but uh, First John says explicitly there are many Antichrists, and Antichrist is already here. So mm-hmm. they're looking for you know, they're looking in the wrong direction. They've been distracted. They should be bringing forth the kingdom in their own selves, in their daily lives, and they're not doing it. Well, they're also looking for a rapture as well. Yeah, we know right? there's no rapture. Yeah. By the way, with all these people dying all over the world, have any of them been raptured yet? (laughs) None of them. No, no. Uh, So, yeah, there's a video floating around about uh, showing how many people uh, uh, are just dropping dead all around the world, uh, even on the uh, sport in sports stadiums, right? They're just vaccines. Playing. Anyone? Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all the vaccinated haven't been raptured unless you want to say they've been raptured by death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Practical. Okay. App- yeah. Practical okay. Here we go. App- A major yeah. theological theme developed in the new Testament from numbers is that sin and unbelief, especially rebellion, Reap the judgment of God. First Corinthians specifically says in Hebrews chapter three, verse seven through chapter four, verse 13 strongly implies that these events were written as examples for believers to observe and avoid. We are not to set our hearts on evil things, verse six, or be sexually immoral, verse eight, or to put God to the test, verse nine, or gripe and complain, verse 10. Complain, grumble, <laughs> right? A lot of us do He's that. He's bringing us out here in the yeah. wilderness to kill us. All right, yeah, indeed. All right, so, well, behave yourselves and it won't happen. <laughs> Just as the Israelites wandered in the wilderness 40 years because of their rebellion, so too does God sometimes allow us to wander away from him and suffer loneliness and lack of blessings when we rebel against him. But God is faithful and just, and just as he restored the Israelites to their rightful place in his heart, he will always restore Christians to the place of blessing and intimate fellowship with him if we repent and return to him. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Okay, so let me reference that. They have a, a blue link here. First uh, John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Now, the word there, faithful, a lot of people, uh, that's pistis in the Greek, and it does not mean mere belief, as most Christians falsely believe. It means faithfulness. That means your daily life is devoted to the quote-unquote faith. 
to the Christian faith, okay? You cannot just sit back and wait around to be raptured. You better be practicing the faith. That's called faithfulness. It never, anywhere, means mere belief, okay? That's a, and then it continues to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, okay? So there you go. I mean, it's to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Has the law been done away with? No. No. Not at all. Okay. And our works are evidence of our faith. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right, folks. So let's get back to the uh, book of Numbers. And uh, I think, well, let's cover uh, chapter one, the part where it talks about the exceptions, uh, the numbers, uh, all of the warriors of Israel were numbered. And uh, but the uh, Levites were excluded from service in the military, and so let's scroll down to verse forty-seven. Forty-seven, yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, where it's uh, the heading is Levites exempted. Over to you, Dan. Okay, Numbers chapter one, verse forty-seven. But the Levites, after the tribe of their fathers, were not numbered among them, for Yahweh had spoken unto Moses, saying, "Only thou shalt number." Only thou shalt not number the tribe of Levi, neither take the sum of them among the children of Israel. But thou shalt appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of testimony and over all the vessels thereof and over all the things that belong to it. They shall bear the tabernacle and all the vessels thereof, and they shall minister unto it and shall encamp round about the tabernacle. And when the tabernacle setteth forward, the Levites shall take it down. And when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levites shall set it up and the stranger that comes near shall be put to death. And the children of Israel shall pitch their tents, every man by his own camp and every man by his own standard throughout their hosts. But the Levites shall pitch round about the tabernacle of testimony that there be no wrath upon the congregation of the children of Israel. And the Levites shall keep the charge of the tabernacle of testimony. And the children of Israel did according to all that Yahweh commanded Moses. So did they. Wow. It, uh, I should be flying the flag of Judah outside my house. Okay. Because uh, I'm 100% German. And uh, the Germans are primarily Judah. Although there's a, you know, the Anglo-Saxons have a little mixture of all the tribes in them. But it's Oh, very... you're 100% German? I didn't know yeah. you were 100%. Yeah. No, definitely not Jewish. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I mean, uh, you right. don't have any any other like uh, British or you're 100%. I don't think so because my ancestors have lived along the Danube for the last uh, 2,700 years. <laughs> right? Okay. Wow. Right. Yeah. yeah. I guess that yeah. would make you 100% German. Then, That's right. It? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Danube Swabians, uh, or as we call ourselves, the Donauschwaben, okay? And uh, so I've been Christian uh, for as long as any European uh, nation, you know, and I've always been a Germanic people living along the Danube in various countries. In fact, uh, my ancestors were evicted from uh, Hungary because they were Germans, and the uh, communists, when they took over Hungary, just evicted all the Germans. I don't know why they didn't kill them, but uh, they Mm -hmm. evicted them, and that's how, and I was born in Germany. And then eventually came to America. So, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, people ask me, well, there's been so much race mixing going on in the world. There's no no such thing as a pure blooded Israelite anymore. No, my ancestors never saw a black. 
No, and the blacks didn't go on to farms. Yeah. If they went to Europe, uh, it was to France because the uh, French revolutionaries uh, led by Jews brought them in, right? And the Soviet Union brought a lot of blacks in, including Nelson Mandela, to go to university, but they did not import them en masse like America is doing today. So, yes, there mm-hmm. are indeed pure-blooded white people all over the world. This epidemic of race mixing has only been going on since the 1950s, okay, since the 1950s. So uh, only, we have only one message to all you white folks out there. Stay pure. Do not race mix. Uh, and, yeah. and, and Brother Hebert comment on uh, uh, the Judeos threw away Yah's laws and traded them for Aleister Crowley's motto, do as thou wilt. That's, it can't be put any better than that. That is what they have done. Okay? Yeah, and then uh, Joshua and Caleb were the only unvaccinated Israelites. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't, <laughs> they weren't vaccinated with lies, right, and, dis, and uh, disobedience. All right. Okay, let's continue with, uh, let's go into Numbers chapter 2. Chapter 2. <clears throat> and Yahweh spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard with the inside of their father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. And on the east side toward the rising of the sun shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies. And Nashon, the son of Amminadab, shall be the captain of the children of Judah. And his host and those that were numbered of them were threescore and fourteen thousand and six hundred. <clears throat> and those that do pitch next unto him shall be the tribe of Issachar. And Nethaniel, the son of Zuar, shall be captain of the children of Issachar. And his host and those that were numbered thereof were fifty and four thousand and four hundred. Then the tribe of Zebulun and Eliab, the son of Helon, shall be the captain of the children of Zebulun. And his host and those that were numbered thereof were fifty and seven thousand and four hundred. All that were numbered in the camp of Judah were a hundred thousand and four score thousand and six thousand and four hundred throughout their armies. These shall first set forth on the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben, according to their armies. And the captain of the children of Reuben shall be Eleazar, the son of Shadur and his host and those that were numbered thereof were forty and six thousand and five hundred. And those which pitched by him shall be the tribe of Simeon. And the captain of the children of Simeon shall be Shelomiel, the son of Zurishaddai. And his host and those that were numbered of them were fifty and nine thousand and three hundred. Then the tribe of Gad and the captain of the sons of Gad shall be Eliasaph, the son of Ruel. And his host and those that were numbered of them were forty and five thousand and six hundred and fifty. All that were numbered in the camp of Reuben were an hundred thousand and fifty and one thousand and four hundred and fifty throughout their armies. And they shall set forth in the second rank. Then the tabernacle of the congregation shall set forward with the camp of the Levites in the midst of the camp as they encamp. So shall they set forward every man in his place by their standards. On the west side shall be the standard of the camp of Ephraim according to their armies. And the captain of the sons of Ephraim shall be Elishama, the son of Amahud. And his host and those that were numbered of them 
or 40,500. And by him shall be the tribe of Manasseh. And the captain of the children of Manasseh shall be Gamaliel, the son of Pedahuzer. And his host and those that were numbered of them were 30 and 2,200. Then the tribe of Benjamin and the captain of the sons of Benjamin shall be Abadan, the son of Gideoni. And his host and those that were numbered of them were 30 and 5,400. All that were numbered of the camp of Ephraim were 100,000 and 8,000 and 100 throughout their armies. And they shall go forward in the third rank. The standard of the camp of Dan shall be on the north side by their armies. And the captain of the children of Dan shall be Ahizer, the son of Amishadai. And the host of those that were numbered of them were threescore and two thousand and seven hundred. And those that encamp by him shall be the tribe of Asher. And the captain of the children of Asher shall be Pagiel, the son of Okrin. And his host and those that were numbered of them were forty and one thousand and five hundred. Then the tribe of Naphtali and the captain of the children of Naphtali shall be Ahira, the son of Enoch. And his host and those that were numbered of them were fifty and three thousand and four hundred. And those and they that were numbered in the camp of Dan were an hundred thousand and fifty and seven thousand and six hundred. They shall go hindmost with their standards. These that are these are those which were numbered of the children of Israel by the house of their fathers. All those that were numbered of the camps throughout their hosts were six hundred thousand and three thousand and five hundred and fifty. But the Levites were not numbered among the children of Israel, as Yahweh commanded Moses. And the children of Israel did according to all that Yahweh commanded Moses. So they pitched their standards, and so they set forward, everyone after their families, according to the house of their fathers. End of chapter 2. Okay, so uh, since each individual tribe has its own standard, uh, let me just uh, bring it up here. So here are the images. Uh, so um, now the, uh, this one doesn't seem to be accurate. Uh, the tri- uh, Reuben is symbolized by a man, okay? And uh, for some reason, this image that I just got uh, brought up doesn't show a man. It shows, I don't know what it shows, uh, uh, people rowing a boat, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, so uh, I'll have to... Uh, so you got, they got Judah correct. Judah is a lion. Okay. Uh, Naphtali is a hind or a reindeer. Dan is a snake. Uh, Simeon is, oh, what is Simeon? Uh, these uh, images, these images aren't correct. Uh, Levi shows a um, crossed swords. So these are alt- uh, alternative. Let me see if I can find uh uh, a more accurate depiction of the uh, images of the 12 tribes <coughs> and, and their standards. Let me see. It. Here we go. And, okay, uh, th- this one is so, yeah, Reuben is a man. It shows a man sitting. And, uh, wow, I, I thought there would be uh, a more, uh, you know, a, a better image online, but it's very difficult. The uh, Anyway, maybe we can cover that next week. Uh, I'll get a really decent uh, image because uh, the the image of the twelve tribes encamped in the wilderness is the 
you know, what we're looking for and uh, can't find it very easily right now. So, sorry about that. Let's do that next week, okay? All right, so All let's right. continue. The Numbers chapter 3. All right. Chapter 3. These also are the generations of Aaron and Moses in the day that Yahweh spake with Moses in Mount Sinai. And these are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the priests which were anointed, whom he consecrated to minister in the priest's office. And Nadab and Abihu died before Yahweh when they offered strange fire before Yahweh in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. And Eleazar and Ithamar ministered in the priest's office in the sight of Aaron, their father. And now we're going into the duties of the Levites. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Bring the tribe of Levi near, and present them before Aaron the priest, that they may minister unto him. And they shall keep his charge and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of the congregation to do the service of the tabernacle. And they shall keep all the instruments of the tabernacle of the congregation and the charge of the children of Israel to do the service of the tabernacle. And thou shalt give the Levites unto Aaron and to his sons. They are wholly given unto him out of the children of Israel. And thou shalt appoint Aaron and his sons and they shall wait on the priest's office and the stranger that comes near shall be put to death. Zur. Mm-hmm. Is that stranger? We find consistently that Zur is those strangers who shall be put to death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, obviously, the King James doesn't make any distinction between one stranger and another. That is a really horrible, uh, you know, mis, uh, misrepresentation in the King James Bible. They should have done better with that. Back to you. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, And I, behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel, instead of all the firstborn that openeth the matrix among the children of Israel. Therefore, the Levites shall be mine, because all the firstborn are mine. For on the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I hallowed unto me all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast. Mine shall they be. I am Yahweh. Yeah. Now, it's interesting that the King James uses the word matrix and looking at the number, it's H7358. And the actual meaning of the word is womb. So why did they choose the word matrix? Very interesting. But it is true that uh, when we are incarnated from the spiritual world into the physical world, we have to pass through a matrix. <laughs> the matrix uh, yeah, that matrix exists between the spiritual world and the physical world. And so we actually have to pass through that before we get into the womb. But why they choose the word matrix is really interesting. Back to you. There were a lot of strange mistranslations in the King yeah. James. Right, right. I, I pointed guess, out one yeah. not here. I was talking to someone else where they used the word unicorn when they're describing a wild ox. Instead of just translating it wild ox or wild bull, they yeah. put unicorn in for some reason. You know, yeah. and and then someone who doesn't. You know, understand the Bible or, or, or take any of these words back. So he's, you know, unicorn in there and they think, well, this is a book of fairy tales. That's you know, correct. Cause, so they did a lot of harm by some of their, their mistranslations. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it it poetic. Dan, give them some poetic license, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Of course, there's no such thing as a unicorn, but it's become such a popular symbol in what, uh, in fairy tales, as you point out, that you see it everywhere. Okay. And the symbol mm-hmm. of Joseph uh, is the unicorn, but it's not a, a horse with a single horn. It's actually a, a, a kind of, well, the Old Testament, it's a reem, R-E-E-M, a now extinct yeah. gi- giant ox is what it really is. Yeah. Yeah, the the the, the uh, Hebrew word is seventy two fourteen, and it's uh, uh, reem, and it means a wild bull. Yeah, not a you know they call it a, a unicorn, but it's a wild bull. Yeah, so. why they chose to translate that as unicorn, I have no idea. Yeah, that's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, continuing with Numbers chapter three verse fourteen, and Yahweh spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying. Number the children of Levi after the house of their fathers, by their families. Every male from a month old and upward shalt thou number them. And Moses numbered them according to the word of Yahweh as he was commanded. And these were the sons of Levi by their names, Gershon and Kohath and Merari. And these are the names of the sons of Gershon by their families, Libni and Shimei. And the sons of Kohath by their families, Amram and Izahar, Hebron and Uziel. And the sons of Merari by their families, Mali and Mushi. These are the families of the Levites according to the house of their fathers. Of Gershon was the family of the Libnites and the family of the Shamites. These are the families of the Gershonites. Those that were numbered of them according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward, even those that were numbered of them, for 7,500. The families of the Gershonites shall pitch behind the tabernacle westward, and the chief of the house of the father of the Gershonites shall be Eliasaph, the son of Lael. And the charge of the sons of Gershon in the tabernacle of the congregation shall be the tabernacle, and the tent, the covering thereof, and the hanging for the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the hangings of the court, and the curtain for the door of the court, which is by the tabernacle and by the altar round about it and the cords of it for all the service thereof. And of Kohath was the family of the Amramites and the family of the Izaharites and the family of the Hebronites and the family of the Uzielites. These are the families of the Kohathites. In the number of all the males from a month old and upward were 8,600 keeping the charge of the sanctuary. The families of the sons of Kohath shall pitch on the side of the tabernacle southward. And the chief of the house of the father of the families of the Kohathites shall be Elizaphan, the son of Uziel. And their charge shall be the ark and the table and the candlestick and the altars and the vessels of the sanctuary wherewith they minister and the hanging and all the service thereof. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, shall be chief over the chief of the Levites and had the oversight of them that keep the charge of the sanctuary. Of Merari was the family of the Malites and the family of the Mushites. These are the families of Merari and those that were numbered of them according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward were six thousand and two hundred. And the chief of the house of the father of the families of Merari was Zuriel, the son of Abihel. These shall pitch on the side of the tabernacle northward. And under the custody and charge of the sons of Merari shall be the boards of the tabernacle and the bars thereof 
and the pillars thereof, and the sockets thereof, and all the vessels thereof, and all that serveth thereto, and the pillars of the court round about, and their sockets, and their pins, and their cords. But those that encamp before the tabernacle toward the east, even before the tabernacle of the congregation eastward, shall be Moses and Aaron and his sons, keeping the charge of the sanctuary for the charge of the children of Israel. And the stranger that comes near shall be put to death. There we are again with that yeah. stranger being put to death. Okay, now it's, I, I have to wonder, because the Israelites came out of Egypt as a mixed multitude. Okay, so and then, of course, they uh, they were the ones who precipitated the creation of the golden calf. Right. And uh, we're uh, I'm not sure where where these uh, mixed multitude people were expelled. Okay, it doesn't doesn't seem to talk about that, but it's very obvious here that uh, you're talking about the purity of blood. So the these various tribes had to have pure blood unmixed with any other people. So they must have gotten rid of that mixed multitude at some point. And so, you know, I'll, I'll look around to see if there's a, a verse that covers that. All right, back to you. You know, this doesn't prove how, how important it is to for us to keep separate. And all, all these generations and all these genealogies are just so detailed. Yeah, right. Which, which, no, you know, no, they're not important, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Isn't that what you hear from the Judeans? Yeah. No, that's not yeah. important. Right, and again, it's just, yeah, stranger here is again Zur. Back to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, verse 39. All that were numbered of the Levites, which Moses and Aaron numbered at the commandment of, the, of Yahweh throughout their families, and all the males from a month old and upward were 20 and 2,000. And Yahweh said unto Moses, Number all the firstborn of the males of the children of Israel from a month old and upward and take the number of their names. And thou shalt take the Levites from me. I am Yahweh instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel and the cattle of the Levites instead of all the firstlings from among the cattle of the children of Israel. And Moses numbered as Yahweh commanded him all the firstborn among the children of Israel and all the firstborn males. By the number of names from a month old and upward of those that were numbered of them were twenty and two thousand two hundred and three score and thirteen. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Take the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel and the cattle of the Levites instead of their cattle. And the Levites shall be mine. I am Yahweh. And for those that are to be redeemed of the two hundred and three score and thirteen of the firstborn of the children of Israel, which are more than the Levites, thou shalt even take five shekels apiece by the pole. After the shekel of the sanctuary shalt thou take them. The shekel is twenty geras. And thou shalt give the money wherewith the odd number of them is to be redeemed unto Aaron and to his sons. And Moses took the redemption money of them that were over and above them that were redeemed by the Levites. Of the firstborn of the children of Israel took he the money, a thousand three hundred and three score and five shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary. And Moses gave the money of them that were redeemed unto Aaron and to his sons, according to the word of Yahweh, as Yahweh commanded Moses. End of chapter 3. But what did they do with the money? <laughs> right? They went and had a big party. 
So, uh, de- so the dem- uh, this demonstrates that, well, the redemption here is, uh, it's the word for ransom. Okay. And Moses took the redemption money of them that were over and above them that were redeemed by the Levites. So obviously the Levites were dedicated even more so than the rest of the Israelites, you know, and uh, their service was to the other tribes exclusively. Okay, and so it looks like the arrangement of the tabernacle was that certain Levites were dedicated to certain tribes, and the uh, arrangement of the tabernacle, the inner inner uh, camp inner tent, was to reflect that. And so from that point on, the there was uh, even after the uh, Israelites uh, settled in Canaan land, then there were certain tribes dedicated, certain Levites dedicated to certain tribes, and it continued. You know, throughout the Old Testament that way, even unto New Testament times, when, of course, uh, uh, according to Paul, we have a new priesthood, the priesthood of the uh, under Yahshua Messiah. Okay, because that that old and the sac- as he mentioned earlier, the sacrificial rituals were done away with. So was that old priesthood. None of that applies anymore. But it's all related to the priesthood, their their service, their uh, you know their uh, work that they had to do. And uh, even their service to the various Israelite tribes. Although, uh, you know, we certainly have all these Levites among us today. It's just that we can't identify them. But, uh, for example, in German, the word Ludwig means Levite, means Levi. Okay. So in every uh, one of our nations, we will have Levites, you know, blood descendants of Levi among us. It's just that we can't. Uh, figure out who they are doesn't really matter because the uh, the tribal names go through uh, you know the the other twelve tribes. Nevertheless, they are still among us. Okay, so uh, let's continue. Okay, Numbers chapter four, and Yahweh spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Take the sum of the sons of Kohath from among the sons of Levi, after their families by the house of their fathers. From 30 years old and upward, even unto 50 years old, all that enter into the host to do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. Okay, how old was Yahshua when he began to serve? 30. That's right. This, uh, this shall be the service of the sons of Kohath in the tabernacle of the congregation about the most holy things. And when the camp setteth forward, Aaron shall come and his sons, and they shall take down the covering veil and covered the ark of testimony with it and shall put thereon the covering of badger skins and shall spread over it a cloth holy of blue and shall put in the staves thereof. And upon the table of showbread, they shall spread a cloth of blue and put thereon the dishes and the spoons and the bowls and covers to cover with all and the continued bread shall be thereon. And they shall spread upon them a cloth of scarlet and cover the same with a covering of badger skins, and shall put in the staves thereof. And they shall take a cloth of blue, and cover the candlestick of the light, and his lamps, and his tongs, and his snuff dishes, and all the oil vessels thereof, wherewith they minister unto it. And they shall put it, and all the vessels thereof, within a covering of badger skins, and shall put it upon a bar. And upon the golden altar they shall spread a cloth of blue and cover it with a covering of badger skins and shall put to the staves thereof. And they shall take all the instruments of ministry wherewith they minister in the sanctuary 
and put them in a cloth of blue and cover them with a covering of badger skins and shall put them on a bar and they shall take away the ashes from the altar and spread a purple cloth thereon and they shall put it upon all the vessels thereof wherewith they minister about it, even the censers, the flesh hooks and the shovels and the basins, all the vessels of the altar. And they shall spread upon it a covering of badger skins and put to the staves of it. And when Aaron and his sons have made an end of covering the sanctuary and all the vessels of the sanctuary as the camp is set is to set forward. After that, the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it, but they shall not touch any holy thing lest they die. Mm. These things are the burden of the sons of Kohath in the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, it's interesting. Uh, most uh, Christians have uh, this idea or this picture uh, that while the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness, that it was a dry desert like it is today. It cannot have been like that in those days because how many thousands of badgers <laughs> would be required to to do all this, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we're talking about millions of Israelites. They had to have tons of food. So it was not the wilderness then, the dry desert it was, uh, you know, that is today, back then. It just wasn't. Uh, it was a pretty, um, you know, lavish, uh, you know, area filled with all kinds of animals, you know, and, and obviously lots of vegetation. So, but it's not like that today. Today it's a stinking desert. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Verse 16. And to the office of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest pertaineth the oil for the light and the sweet incense and the daily meat offering and the anointing oil and the oversight of all the tabernacle and of all that is that therein is in the sanctuary and in the vessels thereof. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Cut ye not off the tribe of the families of the Kohathites from among the Levites. But do, but thus do unto them that they may live and not die when they approach unto the most holy things. Aaron and his son shall go in and appoint them every one to his service and to his burden. But they shall not go in to see when the holy things are covered, lest they die. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Take also the sum of the sons of Gershon throughout the houses of their fathers by their families. From 30 years old and upward until 50 years old shalt thou number them. All that enter into the per- into perform the service to do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. This is the service of the families of the Gershonites to serve and for burdens. And they shall bear the curtains of the tabernacle and the tabernacle of the congregation, his covering and the covering of the badger skins that is above upon it. Yeah. And the hanging for the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and the hangings of the court and the hanging for the door of the gate of the court, which is by the tabernacle and by the altar round about and their cords and all the instruments of their service and all that is made for them. So shall they serve. OK, and now it's interesting. The word houses here in verse 22 is Bayeth which is not a literal, it's not talking about a literal, it's not talking about a building, okay, or even a tent. It is a house in the, of the greatest variation of applications, especially family. We're talking about the house of, you know, the family of this particular Israelite. 
That's what we're talking about. House in the sense of a family, not in the sense of a building, okay? Because they weren't carrying buildings around with them, although they were right. carrying tents <clears throat> around with them. Okay? Well, we see the term the house of Israel. Amen. That's just yes. the family of Israel. Yeah, and that's so. what it means in this sense. But you get uh, the wrong impression uh, you know, when you think houses in their, in their buildings, in their residences is what the, mm-hmm. that language conveys. But it doesn't mean that. Okay, back to you. Verse 27. At the appointment of Aaron and his sons shall be all the service of the sons of the Gershonites in all their burdens and in all their service. And you shall appoint unto them in charge all their burdens. This is the service of the families of the sons of Gershon in the tabernacle of the congregation. And their charge shall be under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. As for the sons of Merari, thou shalt number them after their families by the house of their fathers. From 30 years old and upward, even unto 50 years old, shalt thou number them. Everyone that enters into the service to do the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. And this is the charge of their burden according to all their service in the tabernacle of the congregation. The boards of the tabernacle and the bars thereof and the pillars thereof and sockets thereof and the pillars of the court round about and their sockets and their pins and their cords with all their instruments and with all their service. And by name, you shall reckon the instruments of the charge of their burden. This is the service of the families of the sons of Merari, according to all their service in the tabernacle of the congregation under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. And Moses and Aaron and the chief of the congregation numbered the sons of the Kohathites after their families and after the house of their fathers, from 30 years old and upward, even unto 50 years old. Everyone that enters into the service for the work in the tabernacle of the congregation and those that were numbered of them by their families were 2,750. Those, these were they that were numbered of the families of the Kohathites, all that might do service in the tabernacle of the congregation, which Moses and Aaron did number according to the commandment of Yahweh by the hand of Moses. And those that were numbered of the sons of Gershon throughout their families and by the house of their fathers, from 30 years old and upward, even unto 50 years old, everyone that enters into the service for the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. Even those that were numbered of them throughout their families by the house of their fathers were 2,630. These are they that were numbered of the families of the sons of Gershon, of all that might do service in the tabernacle of the congregation, whom Moses and Aaron did number according to the commandment of Yahweh. And those that were numbered of the families of the sons of Merari throughout their families by the house of their fathers from 30 years old and upward, even unto 50 years old. Everyone that enters into the service for the work in the tabernacle of the congregation, even those that were numbered of them after their families, were 3,200. These be those that were numbered of the families of the sons of Merari, whom Moses and Aaron numbered according to the word of Yahweh by the hand of Moses. That's a lot of work. (laughs) A lot of work. What did you say? It's a lot of work counting all these people. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All those that were numbered of the Levites, whom Moses and Aaron and the chief of Israel numbered after their families and after the house of their fathers, from 30 years old and upward unto 50 years old, everyone that came to do service of the ministry and the service of the burden in the tabernacle of the congregation, even those that were numbered of them, 
were 8,504 score. According to the commandment of Yahweh, they were numbered by the hand of Moses, every one according to his service, according to his burden. Thus were they numbered of him, as Yahweh commanded Moses. Okay, so, chapter four. Very good. So we see that we're only counting those uh, aged between 30 and 50. It doesn't count those who are younger than 30 or older than 50. So, and then it doesn't count their families either. Their, their wives and children are not counted. So I would say that we would have to at least multiply this by six or seven to get mm-hmm. the total number of uh, the families of the priests. We're talking thousands of people now uh, wandering through the wilderness. Now, last week we talked about you know the millions of Israelites that were had to be fed, clothed, and housed, and, and tents, obviously, at this point in time. It was around three million. That is the size of the city of Chicago, right? <laughs> All right, so every once in a while they would have to pick up and move on. Three million people, an entire city the size of Chicago, had to be moving around in the so-called wilderness, and they all had to be fed. So this this had to be, a, I'm not saying it was a lush paradise, but just the badgers alone, <laughs> the number of badgers alone that they had to catch. Obviously, badgers are an unclean animal. They can't be eaten, but uh, they can you can certainly skin them and use their skins as you know, for whatever purpose, you know, maybe a mink stole. <laughs> maybe there were minks <laughs> in that area too. I don't know, but uh, you can. You just have to picture the size of this, you know, house of Israel at this point in time it is enormous, absolutely enormous. Okay, so let's go to chapter five. We, oh, we only have about and, six minutes. Yeah, go ahead. And and you know, the movement had to be very slow. To yes. get all those people moving and, and yeah. really 40 years isn't that long when you're talking about moving that many people by foot. Right. And, yeah. You know, one tribe signaling to the next to move and then that <laughs> tribe signaling to the next to move. And uh, get, get your butts in gear, tribe of Dan. You're lagging behind. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Had to move. Had to be very slow. Maybe one or two miles a day. I don't uh, Yeah. Three yeah. Million if people? that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, and it takes time to break down the camp and set it up again. Mm -hmm. So there must have been a lot of travel time where the Israelites were just pitching their own tents at night very quickly and then uh, and then unpitching them in the morning to keep moving. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but then they had to stop for breakfast, <laughs> 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 which, you know, which uh, out in the wilderness, if you if you've uh, like we have, we, we practice the feast days and breakfast can be three or four hours, you know, from getting up, rubbing the grit out of your eyes and uh, starting the campfire and cooking the food and cleaning up the mess and then pitch, unpitching the tent three or four hours at least. You're talking about three million people having to do this, mm-hmm. okay? So this you mean they a, couldn't stop at McDonald's? No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> it was unclean food even in those days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is a, a, an excruciatingly slow movement, like a uh, like from space, it would be like a slug. <laughs> yeah, moving along the wilderness routes, okay. So this is an amazing, amazing. Uh, when you, uh, you know, look at the size and scale 
of the house of Israel at this point in time, you know, I'm glad we're not moving around anymore, <laughs> right? Although, although we have. We actually have, you know, it's called white flight. Our people have had to move uh, countless times, mil- hundreds of times throughout history. But All we right, can't so, seem to get away from a certain group of people. No, the, no, they're 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 the people who are trailing us <laughs> and claim to be us because and, they look similar to us. Yeah, through all the race mixing and mm-hmm. throughout the years, right? But in those days, it was pretty obvious that they, who was an Israelite and who wasn't, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, and uh, and of course the Edomites who were ejected, uh, you know, the descendants of Esau Edom had always lived to, uh, well, they were uh, in the mountains of Edom at the time that this all was happening, okay? And when the Judahites finally settled in Canaan land, the house of Edom was to their south and west between Judah and Egypt, okay? And that that was a true wilderness. It was a rocky, barren place, even in those days, but, uh, you know, Edom, Edom proper, but Canaan land was the land of milk and honey, okay? So there's no doubt that the Canaanites were practicing agriculture to a certain, a limited extent because the the area probably had a natural grapes growing wild, uh, all kinds of food growing wild. Uh, whether or not the Canaanites were actually farmers, is there's doubt about that, Okay. Because uh, they in uh, in the land of milk and honey, they apparently did not need to farm. They did not need to cultivate. Uh, th- that that stuff just grew wild, and they ate it. Okay, that's my impression anyway. Because uh, certainly the Edomites today are not farmers. They were primarily and the Edom proper, that rocky, craggy place uh, between Judah and Egypt, has always been a, a sparsely populated place. Okay, but they were goat herders and, you know, cattle keepers and that sort of thing. So, uh, but that's true of the Jews even today, although they're no longer goat herders, <laughs> right? They're definitely not farmers. The, the, the Jews disdain farming. Which Now, is, not, is it true that they can own the land, but they it won't grow for them with, if they were to do it, but if they own the land and they hire people to yeah. well, work true. for them, it will yeah. grow, right? In Palestine today, the Jews do not farm. They hire Palestinians to do that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, They they don't want to get their hands dirty. Uh, They want to get their hands bloody, but not dirty. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's the reality of the Jews today. They are descendants of the Edomites who were not farmers. They were goat keepers and sheep herders, that sort of thing. And uh, did not cultivate the land. You know, the land was so rich already. They didn't need to. Okay. All right, folks, that's the that's our story and we're sticking to it. Okay? <laughs> and that's the show for today. Thanks for listening. Praise yeah, we passed the ammunition. And Dan, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week for Numbers Chapter Five. All right. All right, folks, take care and Yahweh bless you all. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.